Hello and welcome to the Matt Belair podcast. As an explorer of the mind and world, author and coach, I have spent a lifetime learning how to push my limits and achieve my highest potential. My mission is to bring you the most inspiring, conscious, and empowering teachers, leaders, and thinkers on the planet. To bring you stories, lessons, and messages that will help you master your mind, body, and spirit. Thank you so much for listening, and I hope you enjoy today's episode. Good day, fine people of Earth. I hope that wherever you are on the planet that you are doing well, that you are happy and healthy. It is such a privilege and an honor to be with you as always. We have another amazing episode for you today. We have Wendy Yellen, and we are going to talk about the ancient Greek practice of eidetic imagery. Uh, So this is something that was brought to my attention. It's really fascinating. Um, We go through and in this episode, um, she does like a mini session with me and you can also go go around. It reminds me a lot of uh, image streaming and some of the subconscious work that I've done. Um, So it's it's really fascinating. We talk about um, the meaning of eidetic imagery and where it comes from. Um, She guides me through experience. We talk about the negative experiences um, are roadblocks to a desired feeling. Uh, The number one tip that we can give about consciousness, uh, why the mind has a challenge shifting emotions and states, why memory is unreliable, uh, how we can stop the monkey mind, uh, how we can use this to heal trauma, um, all kinds of stuff. So this is a really great episode. I know you're going to like it. Uh, If you want to support this podcast, the best thing you can do is one act of kindness today. It's no good if you get this theory and you don't do anything. Self-improvement is helping others. Just just do that and then improve yourself as you go along because it is just a growth period. Um, that's what life is, just conti- continuous growth and confusion um, and maybe some bits of clarity. Um, but the, and even more than that, if you take the kindness challenge and just tag me in it on Facebook or social media, just put hashtag kindness challenge. It's three kind acts a day for a week going out of your way to do it, not telling anybody other than the fact that you're taking a kindness challenge. Don't lift, list off all 20 one or 25 acts of kindness you do because that defeats the purpose obviously um so please do that i've, I've had a couple people take the challenge um i'd love to see a lot more like i haven't even hit i probably had about eight so if i can get 20 30 or 50 people to do that challenge um tag your friends in it that would just be awesome and i know the podcast is working um the other thing you can do is support on patreon that is uh, super useful and helpful i want to thank all of my patrons everybody who's contributed uh and supported and thank you ellen a new patron for just taking a moment and tossing a buck in the bucket so it really does help and goes a long way um, leaving a review in itunes it, it encourages others to listen to the podcast sharing with your friends talking about it um you know tagging moments in the podcast you enjoy and sharing them all that kind of stuff really does help and i appreciate it for those of you guys who want some coaching just go to mattbelair.com sign up for the email list check out the coaching form i'm happy to share everything that i've learned with you um, to support your journey and everything please check out my uh, sponsor david Lone bear senate pass we will be going to the parliament of world religions in uh, toronto november Uh, we could use your support to bring out some of the technologies for traveling for all the things that we do Um, it is it's a lot of work with a little bit of help so anybody out there who wants to contribute um, you can send me an email 
matt at zenathlete.com and we would gratefully uh, accept that and uh, appreciate it. So I think that's about it. Um, you can check out Zen Athlete if you'd like. It's a good book. Pay it forward. Give it to somebody. But it's all the best peak performance uh, psychology, spiritual techniques I've learned and I disguised it so that all the youth of the world could uh, you know, read a book and think they're getting better at sport but really they're learning about self-mastery so you can re- read it as an adult too. Um, so that's it. Um, so before we get into it, let's come to a powerful state of peace and gratitude through our intention. So wherever you are in the world, I want you to take in a deep breath in through your nose. Connecting to that universal life force of breath and just connecting to yourself now, coming totally peaceful and present and let that breath out slowly with all the cares, all the worries and all the self-criticisms and self-doubts. And just take in another deep breath in through the nose. And just think about one thing that you're really grateful for. It could be a friend, a family member, having a roof, a car, um, having eyesight, having your senses, having legs, having the ability to walk. All this really important stuff we sometimes take for granted. Just feeling gratitude now. And just let that breath out slowly with all the self-limitations, all the self-doubts, all the self-criticisms. Take it in one more deep breath in through your nose and really just doubling this connection to universal life force that breathes in you in all things. And just doubling this feeling of gratitude and letting this gratitude just magnify every cell and every muscle and every fiber of your being. Just make that firm commitment right now to be loving and kind and compassionate to yourself and others. Realizing that you are whole, complete, harmonious, incredible just as you are and are all people and you have every right to be here on the planet to enjoy your life experience as you wish and just let that breath out slowly with all the limitations, all the self-criticism, self-doubts and just see yourself go about the day with a sense of peace, a sense of joy, a sense of connection, um, a sense of calm. Uh, and kindness towards yourself and others so there we go i think we are ready to get into this incredible episode with wendy yellen hello and welcome to another episode of the master mind body and spirit show i'm your host matt belair today's guest was named one of the international top three transformational experts in her field She supports people of heart and integrity around the world to live a full, passionate, successful, and unshackled life of love, awareness, and compassion without it costing them their soul. She had a 100% full, 100% referrals waiting list, only private practice in psychotherapy in Houston, Texas. She closed her practice completely because she no longer believed in any of the traditional and non-traditional therapies she was certified in. Years later, when she was reintroduced to the father of eidetic imagery, Dr. Assen, she knew she had found the holy grail of transformational work and jumped back into working with people and transformation. This practice, based on ancient Greek knowledge and 21st century science, uses the power of eidetic images to enable business people and creatives to unlock their full potential and remove the weight of old, often unseen vulnerabilities which have been holding them back. Welcome to the show, Wendy Yellen. Thank you, Matt. Glad to be here. Yeah, me too. I'm excited about this. Anything old and ancient sounds amazing to me, so I'm excited to dive in, but I'm also a little bit nervous because I know I'm going to be your guinea pig, so um, who knows who knows what's going to come up, but I'm definitely willing to play along and, um, and know about this work. So why don't we just begin with a little bit about your practice. You had a full practice. It was all referrals, and then you just pulled shoot and, <laughs> and just did something else. Yeah, look down. <laughs> sure. Let me tell a story that'll help you know a little bit more about 
me, and then I'll go back to the to the practice because they're related. So years ago when I was, I don't know, 11, 12, 13, somewhere around then, my mother at that point was still mostly, was very influential in what clothes I was wearing. And I remember being, I grew up in Buffalo, New York, where there's tons of snow. And it was winter and I was wearing this really awful dress that I, the, the hem was too long, the wool was too scratchy, the collar was too high, and I just looked like some old frumpy person and I hated it. And I just felt like I wanted to burst out of my skin. So I remember going out to the yard in front of the school after school and I had boots on. So boots plus dress, you know, like even that made it worse, right? So I'm stomping out in the front of the school in the snow. I am not Kuth. I am not Kuth. I didn't even know if there was a word Kuth. I knew there was uncouth, but I didn't know if there was such a word as Kuth, but I knew I wasn't it. And that kind of over-constricted, over-restricted way that I was feeling in my own skin, that really like defines me. Like I really needed to find who and who I was, what I was, what was really me, what was authentic. And I know that your listeners can really relate to that. So years later, I had what is supposed to be the the height of success, right? And, and if you have your own business and all your business does not come from marketing, just comes from people saying, I love her, go see her. And you have a waiting list and you never even think about bringing in anything that has to do with marketing or having to focus on new business. Like, that's pretty amazing. And, and I really appreciated it. And I appreciated that people really liked what they were getting from me. But my, my focus as working with people back then, I was a traditional and non-traditional therapist, was on change. I mean, that's why people come, right? So, and people were changing, otherwise they wouldn't have stayed and they wouldn't have referred the people that they cared about. And I was participating in the same modalities that I was helping people with. So I knew I was also changing. I kept thinking, if there's got to be more than this, there has to be. And if it, there isn't more, I'm not going to do this anymore. So that's when I pulled the parachute, when I just jumped out of the plane, actually. And I just closed my business. I actually went to Japan for a few years with my husband. That's a different story. But, And then when I came back to the U.S., I got reintroduced to the work that we're going to experience today. And when I first heard about it 20 years before that time, I was so in my head that I really couldn't take in anything that Dr. Asin was showing us. I could, the people around me were, they were going into these wonderful spaces and you could see it on their faces and in their bodies, but none of it made sense to me 20 years before that. I was just, my head was so swirling around that I, I couldn't, I couldn't slow down enough to take in anything that wasn't just a thought. But 20 years down the line, I, my, I had softened some and I was a little deeper into my body and and then so I went to an introductory workshop with him that was 
a precursor for the three-year training. And I'm sitting there and I'm getting it and I'm seeing parts of myself that I had no idea were operating in me. After all the years of therapy I'd done, I had no idea. And I thought, this is this makes sense. This is why I feel so stuck, even though it hadn't I hadn't understood this before. I was getting it viscerally. And I was also starting to open. So I said, wow, if this this if this is really what I think it is, then I'm willing to go back and be a therapist again. And so I did take the three-year training. I got certified. I flew from New Mexico to New York several times a year to do it and then um, reopened a practice, but only in eidetics and the work that we're going to experience today. Because just even though I have lots of certificates and lots of training, I let them go because to me, this is for me. This does what I had really hoped was possible and for human beings. Well, that sounds pretty amazing. Um, I've explored a lot of the like self-help, personal development, that kind of thing. Maybe you've probably done a little bit more than I have. Um, but when I'm looking at techniques and processes and whatever the case is, if hypnosis, NLP, uh, imagery, whatever the case, if it works, if I get a result, then that's the one I want to use. So can you sure. talk about some of the history of like where this comes from, what it is? Sure. That, yeah, I'd love to. Well, Dr. Akhtar Asin developed this for, as a psychology, as a spiritual practice, as a change agent from understanding of the mind that the ancient Greeks had. Now, you know, they were way ahead of their times in many, many different aspects of life. And the word eidetics also was used colloquially, so to speak, by the ancient Greeks to mean gifts from the gods. So the, the root is eidos, E-I-D-O-S, and it has to do with uh, an image that's inside of us. Well, there's thousands. Im an image that's inside of us that also has feelings connected to it and layers and layers and layers of meaning. The contribution of the Greeks, and they didn't use it as a psychology. Dr. Asin moved that into a psychology and a change agent. But what they did was they understood that these eidetic, the eidetic consciousness inside of us, it can bring to light the images that hold places that either there was trauma or that we were constricted or crusted over by our history. And then what's so beautiful, and I hope to, we'll get a chance to experience this, is that inside the image is also, so there's this image, let's say, of something that doesn't feel good at all. And so the human mind wants to stop that. We want to control it. We want to have it. We're going to put another feeling that we think is a better feeling. But what happens with an eidetic image is you'll, like we'll do later, watch and feel whatever is happening the eidetic image underneath the problem, underneath the constricted dress, so to speak, is the place of, of potentials that the person's been either looking for or many times has even given up on finding again in themselves or finding it all. And the image connects us. I could give you an example if that would help. Would, yeah, sure. Yeah? It's like as me as the guinea pig and we'll do that now. 
Um, let me just tell a quick story. And okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I was going to say, I'm wondering, uh, I'm just curious for the process because um, I'm excited to get into it. I wonder if it's different, same, or um, or what the difference is. I've done a lot of this stuff. So when you're talking about those images, I have exactly those lined up. I'm curious if those will come up or if different ones will come up. Um, okay. Because so yeah, I've, I've gone into my crap as mm-hmm. intensely and as as well as I can. So I'm, I'm happy to bring up those same ones. And I'm just curious in myself if I'll get new ones or if more layers will come out. I'm so glad you said that because the contribution of the way eidetics works with the mind is the order in which you do things. So let, let, let me talk about people's spiritual practice just for a moment. So I was just working with someone really recently, one of my private clients. She's really likes to meditate. She loves doing like loving awareness uh, meditations. She does yoga. There's all kinds of things that she does that to help her stay connected. And she says, you know, sometimes I just, I tell myself I want to feel a certain way. I know it's much better for me. I can get that way in certain one of my practices. But in the times when I'm not feeling that way and I try to kind of put myself there, I try, I try to force myself there, she says that's exactly what it feels like. It feels like I'm trying to re-remember what I felt before so that I can have the feeling that I had in my practice. And she said, I don't like doing that because she said it feels forced, doesn't feel natural, and it actually doesn't work. And that's something I hear from a lot of people, that their yoga practice, their chanting, their spiritual practice, just for example, is one thing. And then something happens in life and they're reacting knee-jerk. And they don't like it, they see it, they're watching themselves while they're doing it. And it's almost as if there's this rift, like the the African rift valley, (laughs) this humongous rift that they can't stand between their practice and their life and that gets smaller and then sometimes in a really difficult moment they're just like feeling oh geez i know this isn't who i am but look how i'm responding to my partner again right look what i'm going what rabbit hole i'm going down again look where my monkey mind is going again that kind of thing so to answer your question we're not going to start anywhere in the where the mind has already gone in terms of what we know. And that is different. Now, you may get to some of the same images, but the difference between, let's say, visualization and eidetics is this. I don't think you're talking about visualization, but just in case for those who are listening, visualization starts with a desire to feel a certain way and to see things in a certain way. We're not going to do that. We're going to take, go in from a different, a different angle of the mind, a very different angle. And what would be wonderful if we can get things for you and for the audience, get things that we haven't gotten before. Because if all you get today is what you already know, what's the point of that? Right? Yeah, 100%. And I like how you differentiated the difference between visualization and eidetics. So I think that's valuable. So did you, you had a story that you wanted to go into or was that the story? I think, let, let me just tell the story because it's, this is very practical work. There is, 
if, if my private clients, the people in my eidetic mastermind, they come to me because they want change. They look really good on the outside. All my clients look really good on the outside, but they want something more. They want something to shift internally. So who they're being in the world, often what kind of a difference they're making, how they're feeling, what they contribute in terms of their relationships and their work, that they want juiciness and life and real love, not, not lip service. So, for example... One woman who I'm going one woman who who her again her spiritual life is really important to her. When she came to me, she'd done a lot of work in corporate, but she wanted to be an entrepreneur. And she had come from a history of really loving yoga, doing a lot of meditating, have a very having a really peaceful morning where she would she actually was in Europe and she would sit outside in a cafe and she'd have a cup of coffee and she'd watch people go by. She'd start her day in this beautiful, relaxed way. And she was really successful. She was taking wonderful vacations several a year. And then she went and opened her own business and all hell broke loose, which is what happens when you have your own business. You encounter the best and the worst of yourself, and you get a wonderful chance to work all that through. Your business will give you everything you need to work your stuff through, and it, and it can be really hard. So she opened her business, and she, the, things, the first things that happened were her self-care stopped, and she started getting insanely distracted. Like doing, she knew what to do, and she didn't do it. And then, of course, the business wasn't succeeding. She lost her mornings. Her friends said, where are you? You're, I never see you anymore. She was working, you know, as much 24-7 as is humanly possible. And she was really unhappy. So we worked with the images on all those aspects. And now she's gradually been able to get her, some of her practice back. She's working with Fortune 500 companies. She's leaving the office five or six many, many times. She's cleaned up who are her staff is. So she's hiring people who can actually help her. So they, and she feels better and she looks younger. She looks younger than she did a couple of years ago when we started. And people who haven't seen her in years are telling her that. So those are the, it's very practical work. And I'm saying that because what we're about to do is going to seem very, well, maybe not to your listeners, but can seem very strange. And yet, it's meant to create change, not to create, not to, not to put something in you that isn't already there. What this does is it, I know you're into the, neuro, the, um, the neurology of it or the, the neurobiology of things. So we're looking at taking the neuronal pathways and what the images do when you focus on them and spend time with them, they like the way remove the brambles on the path and all the extra dirt and the rocks so that the pathways are clear between you and who you are. And then what happens is you start to just find yourself being more loving, actually feeling it. And then the things you say to the person who you care about are different. And it's like, Oh wow! I don't even, 
I didn't even think that. It just came through. Or instead of being distracted by shiny objects, you're actually doing what you want to do. And that's part of the human, that's, that's part of who we are. But it gets, again, crusted over by our history. Got it. Okay. Interesting. Well, I like the analogy of the neural pathways. I use that one a lot when I'm coaching and just talking about how you have this pattern. And so if you get stressed out easily, there could be any number of, of uh, stimulus in the environment, but it's going to fire off that neural net. And then you're going to go down the slide of, of anger and stuff like that. And you need to learn how to nip it in the butt. Um, and then so you break those pathways. So I'm curious to see what the process is. All right. You want to go ahead and do it? Let's do it. Before you go in? Okay. Yeah, I'm down. All right, so I'm going to take a few notes too. So this is for you, Matt. And then people listening, as long as you're not driving, um, you can do this along with Matt. Don't do it when you're driving. First of all, it helps to close your eyes if you want to, but you can do it either way. And also you'll have a much deeper experience if you're not driving or distracted. So let's do a little bit of setup so so you and everyone has a meaningful experience. Number one, we're going to think about, for you and everyone, to think about some place that you would love to have a shift in for yourself, some area of your life. And you can think, you can think about that while I'm talking or you, if it already came through, you can tell me. Um, well, so I'm just curious. Okay. Um, so I'm looking, I'm in like a, um, a, a what would you call like a middle zone now? So I'm looking to like go create something, but it's kind of like a cycle in my life. Mm-hmm. Um, so it it's going to be cool. I know that, but I'm focusing on like, what's the next thing? I'm um, mm-hmm. so shifting into like stationary space, but then sometimes the universe puts me in other spots. Um, and then the, I guess abundance would be great, um, but I know it's also coming. So mm-hmm. I can, I have areas of improvement. I'm like in this, like I, I surrender real hard and I know I'm really aligned. So I don't have like this, I don't have like anywhere that's like hurting, you know, like abundance, okay. abundance would, it would be the needs for improvement. Most area. Okay. Are you comfortable sharing what that means in your life at this point? Like where, where you're seeing you're in your own way. Like for example, my person who is, you know, so many people are just go down the rabbit hole of electronics and then they don't do it. They know they're supposed to do it. And a more concrete example of where you noticing you're not doing what it takes or it just doesn't feel totally aligned. It doesn't have to be an area of hurting. It can be just like a nuanced shift. Well, one would be um, the one that I'm always working on would be like uh, self-worth, self-love and self-acceptance like this. You know, that would be, that would be probably the most beneficial as far as alignment and stuff like that. Like I don't, I, I'm super aligned and I'm super grateful and I'm super like, I, you know, I'm bang on. I, I don't think that I'm in my way in any way. And I'm also look, I'm open to seeing if I'm in my way at all. Um, but I definitely wake up knowing that I'm, I'm really on point with where I need to go and I get the signs, but I'm always open to upgrades. So that's what I'm trying yeah. to figure out. But, but self-worth and self-love and stuff like that, that's a real thing that I am going through as I mm-hmm. do the podcast and, and live life and, and all that kind of stuff. Makes total sense. And would you say, I feel this way, I'm wondering if you feel this way, that part of our 
path and part of the human condition is that every time we go to the next level on whatever it is, then there are more doors opened for us to then go to the next level and then the next level and then the next level. Not just that you have to always be searching or better, but that there's once you go to a certain level, there is more that you can see, feel, and experience coming in than you could before. So it's always this expanding place. Do you agree with me on that? Yeah, definitely. Yep. Okay. Well, that's what we're talking about here. It doesn't have to be, like I said, my, my clients look great on the outside, right? It's just like, where can we open the door just a little bit more? So self-love, self-worth, and self-acceptance. And I, that's a great one for today. Mm. Great one. Yeah. And there's, and there's levels of that, obviously. All right. So everybody has theirs. Matt has his. Now, a couple sort of, not ground rules, but ways that you can make this more meaningful. So number one, I'm going to give an image instruction that has to do with parents. However, underlined, bolded, italics, highlighted, this is not about memory. And it's not about history, even though you're going to be seeing your parents. It's actually about what's going on inside each of us. So you and each person listening, that you're, what you're going to be seeing, even though it's going to feel perhaps like history, it's not. We're talking about your consciousness now. I'm not here with your parents. I'm here with you. And you're the one that's going to be experiencing this. So we're not going to go into history or memory. And that's really important. Second of all, the because eidetic consciousness is extremely wise, like many other parts of us, wise in the way that if you cut your finger and you keep it clean, it's going to heal all by itself. You do not have to do anything. It will heal itself. The eidetic consciousness is similar to that, but in our psyche. And so the way to let that wisdom come forward is not to control what you're seeing. So before, Matt, you asked, you know, should I start with these or whatever? No, you don't want to start with any preconception of anything because that will then be shaped by the conscious mind. And we don't want to start there. We want to start somewhere else because the conscious mind will only give you what the conscious mind already knows. Okay. Yeah, I got it. Now, I was just <laughs> suggesting that there's when I go down the slide, I've I've gone down the slide many times in many different forms and it hits certain points and I'm just curious yes. if it's going to take me down to that space. I'm just aware of what those are. Okay. All right. Well, we'll see and it it be that or something else and we'll yeah. we'll go for you and for everyone else. We'll go with what shows up now. That's the big thing. Okay? Mm -hmm. Because your mind your larger mind has heard the self-worth, self-love, self-acceptance aspect, so it's already going to work on this. Yeah. All right. So we can do this with, you can do this with your eyes open or closed. Here we go. See your parents in the house that you think of as a home, the house you grew up in. Now, whether they were divorced or if one had died, don't think about that. Just let your mind hear the instructions, and let the image form on its own. I'll repeat. See your parents in the house that you think of as a home, the house you grew up in. Where are they? And what are they doing in this image right now? 
So I'm not asking where would they be, where do you think they should be. I'm asking you to look at the image that you're seeing, Matt and everyone. Where are they? What are they doing? Now this image should be from a time when you're growing up. So if you're seeing current or older, let it go. See your parents in the house that you think of as a home from a time when you're growing up. Where are they right now in this specific image? Look around and what are they doing? And then notice in this specific image, where are you? And how old are you? Take a look. Don't assume anything. Take a look. And what are you doing? And how are you feeling? Again, in this image. Now, as Matt is going into his, I want to say that some people will need a lot more time than I'm going to give you today. And some people will have already seen an image almost immediately. It doesn't matter. In the beginning, it took me forever for an image to form. So just let yourself see whatever you see. And don't shift it. Don't try to make it more clear. Just let it be what it is. And then I'm going to make some suggestions to Matt. You can either watch his image or you can try the suggestions in your image. And then at the end, I'll show you how to have a more personalized experience. So Matt, you ready to uh, show us what you're seeing? Okay, do it in the present tense so you're still looking as you see. First, tell us where are they and your parents and what are they doing? My parents are in the... Um the room where the fireplace is and they're just relaxing reading books okay all right good and how uh where are you and how old are you i think i'm around 12 or 13 and okay. i'm just chilling watching tv in the other room with my sister and how old's your sister she's 11 she's 11 so she's just a tiny bit younger than you all right. Okay. Yeah, I think ten-ish. So. Ten okay. Now, when you see your parents in the room by the fireplace, or in the room with the fireplace, reading books through your young eyes, when you see them the way they are right now, how do you feel? I feel good. Now, <clears throat> check out. Through, again, through the young eyes, what, what good feels like right now. So you want to see, like, what are, don't, you don't need to feel, you don't need to make it stronger or less strong. Just notice the feelings and see if you can give me any bit, a little bit more, in, like, information yourself too about what, what good is right now. Yeah, and this moment is just content, content, relaxed. Easy, safe. Yeah. Yeah. And when you look at your sister there in the room with you, see her. What do you see and how do you feel with her? Feel good. My sister's my sister. She's uh um she's like lots of energy. So she's less she's always like squirming around kind of thing, like ready to do something. And that's what she's doing right now in the image, squirming or not squirming in the image? Not squirming, but you can. she's less relaxed. Less relaxed. <laughs> okay. And when you see that, does that make you more squirmy yourself or is it, are you more folk or, or not? 
because nah, she's a little squirmy. Yeah, she's no, nah, she's her own thing. She's fine. How does it affect you, though? Is the question. Oh, I, yeah, it just keeps it the same. Like I, I feel like I know who she is and what she is, so I just let her do her thing. And um, if she needs anything or is going to bug me, then that's just going to happen. Okay. <laughs> so okay. she's like, okay. uh, it's like it's like living with like a, you know. A, yeah, no, I don't know how to describe like, that like in a way that's with- flattering. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, it, it, I think what the K what came to mind is like it was living with like living with popping popcorn a little yeah. bit. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's good. I'll take that. Okay. okay. So um, let's go back to you looking through. So you're you're twelve or thirteen. So you're you know you're become you're a young man becoming a young man, and you're looking at your parents. I want you to, to look at your parents and you had said you feel content, relaxed, easy, and safe. So when you look at, just keep looking at them through your young eyes and uh, tell us a little bit more what you see when you look at your father, when you look at your mother, what you're actually seeing, and then what's going on in your young body. And then I'll, I'll show you something about this that I think you'll like. Okay. Um, well, my dad is just sitting there reading the newspaper, um, does that a lot. And my mom is reading a book and I'm sitting in like the King chair versus the TV is pretty much my dad's chair and we're just watching a movie. So that's why we're relaxed in this memory. Definitely not all these memories are relaxed. Just this one's the one that came up. Um, and because in the winter we would have fires so that would kind of like we'd kind of huddle in the basement a lot of the time and and be around the fire so this is just particularly content memory okay all right good so this i want to make sure this is a memory and as far as i can tell matt you're actually watching it so it's alive right it's not just you're thinking about a memory you're actually seeing it right yep that's really important because if you're just in memory, then we'd want to make sure you're watching it. And I'm saying that mostly for your listeners. And by the way, a lot of you as listeners are seeing really negative images when you're looking. I'll talk to you about that later. So you mentioned, Matt, that it, it's a memory and it's relaxed and not all memories are like this. But your mind showed you a relaxed, easy, comfortable, safe, content image. Really interesting because what you said you wanted was self-love, self-acceptance. Would you say that as you continue to look through your young eyes, that in this image, those feelings are present? They weren't necessarily at all positive. All memories aren't positive. But in this image, are you feeling some of that worth and acceptance or not? Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Okay. What's available here is that if you'll continue, so what, what are you continuing to, what are you seeing right now? Actually show us what you're seeing at this moment. This is the same image. Yes. Yeah. Keep looking. It's the same image. That's perfect to have it be the same image. And just notice what you're seeing, what they're doing, what you're doing. There may be differences that happen and it may be the same. See if you can keep looking and because you have the feeling here that is very close to what you're wanting more of right now, 
and it wasn't always like this, but it is this way in this image. That's why I'm asking you to do it. it this is the neuronal pathway stuff, Matt. Okay. Mm -hmm. You don't want to force it. You don't want to make it happen. But you, as you look through your young eyes, it's going to clear some of that pathway. So that's why I'm asking you to spend a little more time. Got it. Um, well, I just had my, it, and I'm in between like, you know, not wanting to force it because my mind can easily like make up all kinds of stuff. Yes. Um, I <laughs> so I'm just trying to let things drop in naturally. And so. Let, let, let me, let me say something about that. This That's so key. The way that they'll drop in naturally is if you'll keep looking, you want the image to lead like a racehorse. You want to give it free reign. Got it. What do you see? Um, well, I got the addition of my dog, which is cool. What's What's your dog's name? Rufus. Rufus. And where is Rufus now? Uh, well, he was coming up to me and wagging his tail, so I let him jump up on my lap, and now we're hanging out. Okay. Now, that's, of course, you remember Rufus, obviously, in a very positive way. Now, in the image, without trying to force anything, see him on your lap. See what's happening and notice how, notice first what you see and what you experience as your young self. Oh, just happiness. I love dogs and I definitely love my dog. So it was like a double whammy. Yes. Um, so yeah, just lots of uh, love and friendship. Yes. Now, and are you feeling it in your young body? I know you are, but I'm asking anyway. Mm -hmm. Yes. Okay. What can you tell us what that love and friendship is feeling like in this moment in the image? Not generalized to you and dogs, but this moment. I think describing that feeling like anything like love or something like that, it's like beyond words. It's just a feeling that goes through your yes. body. Yes, 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 exactly. It's really, really hard to put the right word on it because it's bigger or different than, than words. Yeah, absolutely. Anything you can say about how you, adult Matt, is feeling right now as you keep looking at yourself with the dog in this image and all of the that's around you in the image? Mm, adult Matt would be just happy just to have that memory. And just to remember all that and all the, it kind of reminds me of just all the good times I had with the family. And, and um, let me ask it a little bit different. Of course, it reminds you of good times. As you're watching through your young eyes, what, not trying to hold on to any feeling and not trying to go anywhere particular here, but as you keep watching, can you tell me what adult Matt is experiencing? while you're watching like what's going through your body or what are you most in touch with right right this moment i just say happiness yeah yeah happiness yeah. and then it switches a little bit to sadness when i realize that the dog is no longer here okay so i'm so glad you said that so because so we're, we're touching happiness and then the conscious mind goes back to a thought that the dog isn't here and then we feel sad. So just for right now, let's take five more seconds, maybe 10 more seconds to watch your image, 
stay with what you're seeing as opposed to going into thought just for a few more seconds and tell us what you're seeing. It'll, it'll probably be the exact same, but there may be some more nuances, what you're seeing right now and what you're feeling as opposed to the thought or this, the memory of losing him. If you can do that. Yeah, the image stays the same and then it just kind of develops into me going going out. I'm going to go hang out with my friends. Mm -hmm. And how do you look going out with your friends and how do you feel? I feel excited. love yeah. getting out and hanging out. I had great friends. I have great yeah. friends. Okay. All right. Great. So go ahead and open your eyes. I'm going to talk to everybody else about um, your images, which I'm sure were very, very unique. I know they were unique. And I want to talk about what we just did, but first let's see. But let me talk, let me let me go over some things that happen for you in the interest of supporting your other people too. And then we can talk about what happened. When I first started this work, all I could do was think and all I could do was so what what happened actually let me start in a different place. What happens with so many of us is that we, we have some positive memories, and then the other shoe drops, right? The dog dies, something different happens in our family, there's divorce, there's financial problems, there's a, a child that has more needs than we do and takes away, you know, attention that we could have used or whatever it is. And our mind knows all this. And so the thinking mind, what one of my mentors calls the cracked end, the thinking mind goes into the memory. Oh, but that happened next. I'm waiting for that to happen next. However, without being contrived at all, your, your eidetic conscious mind, yours, Matt, just now took you immediately to a place of happiness and then later excitement. So happiness was in the family and then excitement about getting to hang out with your friends. Excitement, calm, contentness. I asked you if there were aspects of like self-love and acceptance and you said yes. So in this image, which is more than a memory because you are watching it, there are the seeds, the, 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 if you think about the neuronal pathway. So you're, you're wanting to go here. This was something you knew how to experience. You experienced it many times, but you had other experiences too. And you had the image. And the image is directly connected to those places as long as, oh, but the other shoe dropped. Oop, but that didn't happen all the time because then we go off back into the crack den. The work is to work with the conscious mind, which will keep interfering, and that's what it does, that's its job. Wait, this is what you're supposed to remember because there are you know, gigantic man-eating animals out there and you better be careful. But the eidetic mind keeps saying, come here, I got, I got you, I got part of you right here, if you'll just look. And that's what you got some connections to today. They were real. Small, perhaps, but real. And that's why I kept asking you to go back and look at the image and not generalize into I love dogs, or, but to really be in the specific experience that your consciousness, yours, gave you. 
So I had no idea what was going to happen. I had no idea what you were going to see, but you told your mind, I want to feel self-love and acceptance. And it would have had a couple choices, either give you a place where you did have that and you could have a chance to have it and keep moving those, opening those pathways, or probably for most people on this, on this podcast, it gave you the place where you didn't have that but it's waiting underneath. And again, I'll, I'll connect back to that later because I know people are going to want to know that. But first, I want to talk to you and see, does that make sense to you? Do you have questions, comments? Yeah, no, that definitely makes sense. Um, I'm curious what the process would have been like if my unconscious mind chose a negative memory and uh, okay. the, the uh, you know, the layers and layers of that because um, it's a totally different experience. And I think that the negative memories aren't, so bad it's just that we don't process them so it's like you've got you know one of the ways that i've heard it and i kind of like is that you go throughout the day and uh your body's storing memory like a hard drive it's remembering every single thing and everything you've ever done um in the body so that's why if you have trauma as a kid um you know you might get an ulcer or something later because you have like 10 gigs of memory through this traumatic experience rather than a few you know um, little experiences. So we don't go in there and kind of clean, clean them out and understand them and make peace with them or resolve them or whatever the case is. Um, so I kind of see it as like that. And then, you know, from the practical standpoint of just, okay, if this is the thing that I want to experience, see, see what comes up. And if it's the positive, then it can create that emotion and that neural pathway. If it's the negative, then it can create the opportunity to resolve a pathway that prevents me like a roadblock um, in the neural pathway that I need to get through so that I can experience more of those uh, pathways and those feelings in the body. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. And so you your one of your questions one one of the men there were many things in what you said, just that of course. So let's go to what would have happened if you'd had a you said if you picked, I would say if your eidetic consciousness chose for you based on not controlling the image, uh, a negative image. So let's talk about that because as I've said a couple times already, most people will have had a negative image just now. But what happens with a negative image? So let's see. One of the ones that I used, I, when I first did this image, which is called the house image, it's one of thousands of different eidetic images, some of which are come straight from the person and some of which are there to reveal things and start out more generic like I started out with you. This particular image is extremely helpful in showing you where you're stuck or showing you what you actually have there that feels less available because the there's interference often that will, is what will happen. So when I first started, I always saw my, I never see this image anymore, but my image was always that around the round dining table, looking at my father and my stomach would be in horrible knots looking at, so he's directly across from me, my mother's to my right, and then my little brother's between us and my sister's over here. And I am sitting there, I don't know, maybe 12-ish. And I can, I'm having it right now. My stomach is in knots, mostly at my father's coiled anger. And 
wow, I'm totally feeling it right now as I'm looking. And I see my mother and my mother, I'm, I'm just going to tell you what I'm seeing right now because that's what's happening. I'm seeing my mother. She's standing there. She's so beautiful. Um, but, and she's calm in this image. This isn't particularly a specific memory, but I, her calmness and her kindness and her beauty and actually her warmth, which I'm stunned to be feeling right now, is not compensation and does not overbalance my father's coiled anger. I'm, I'm afraid, as I watch, I'm afraid of what he's going to do or say. It's like, what's going to burst out of him? It, it, it could be nice things, but it could not be. And of course, I'm, I'm braced. And so I'm having, I'm having a lot of anxiety uh, as I look at him. Now, and I don't feel comfortable in my own skin. I don't, and I don't particularly feel safe. And I feel like I have to protect myself. And I feel like I have to be on guard. Those are really familiar feelings. I've not so much now, but the protect myself. Let's, so let's go talk about relationships. So I've been with my husband for 40 years. And we haven't been married all that time, but between living together and being married, it's 40 years. And I used to spend maybe, I don't know, six, for several years, 60, 70, 80% of my waking time, thinking time, practicing, breaking up with him, leaving him. I mean, verbal practice. I would say this, he would say this, and I would feel this, and then what would I do? I mean, I rehearsed and rehearsed and rehearsed. It was like the quintessential uh, example of going down the rabbit hole, the monkey mind, just horrendous. And I'm so glad I didn't do it because I couldn't open myself to him before, not fully. I mean, obviously, we stayed together, so there was connection, but I was way overprotected in relationship to him. And I couldn't enjoy him that much. He's really funny, my husband, and he's really smart. And I appreciate those two things, but I wouldn't laugh because he would just annoy me. And so I missed out on laughing and I missed out on him. And I didn't work directly on my relationship with him. I worked in other ways, but Idetics has positive side effects. So in the last couple of years, I've noticed that he sing. I noticed him singing to himself out loud. And uh, I was thinking to myself, I wonder if he has always been singing to himself and I didn't ever notice, or if he just started because we're together, we're so much happier, even though he hasn't, quote unquote, worked on himself or done anything different. I'm more available and I appreciate him so much more so with the it, you and you can see in that image in that negative image that i'm not available at all the one at the dining room table i'm anxious terrified my shoulders are at, at my ears you know i'm protecting myself and so of course that's what i would do in the world so the work with me was around ways I was identifying with my parents and being like my father and my business. And I mean, I can go into all of that, but does that help you at least a little bit understand what happens with a negative image? 
Yeah, definitely. It's a good example. Um, and, you know, overall, like the arching theme that I feel like is just, you know, going in and actually doing the inner work, like no matter what kind of inner work you're doing, I think that it's extremely valuable. And the other um, thing that it makes me think of, have you ever heard of Win Wenger? His name is weird. Yes. Yes, of course I have. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And image streaming. Yes. 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 So he I, have yes. He'd have this process where you um, will think about something. Well, I, you'd ask yourself a question. And it's a good yeah. process. I used to do it. Yes. Um, and then you just record for a minute or two minutes or whatever and just say what's happening. And you, uh, you, know, you go through the unconscious mind and you, you get it all out. So I think that that filtering process is really important. And I, I think that what I'm curious about is like you have this background, a very successful background in therapy and psychotherapy and, and all the diplomas are behind your head and I sit down on the couch and you solve all my problems. Uh, <laughs> um, so no more but, diplomas up here. <laughs> yeah. Go ahead, yeah. So what do you like for somebody dealing, um, who wants to, I don't know, what were the most, I'm trying to figure out the best question. What were the, some of the most common problems? Because I think we have common problems. And yeah. what, if anything, have you found helpful perspectives, principles, practices um, that, that people can go through? So obviously, you're, you think the uh, eidetic process is one of the most powerful processes. Um, but what about like philosophies and like, can they do this at home? Also, like if they want to go through, like they kind of did it with us. Um, but I guess the biggest, most common problems and, and solutions and practices to overcome those problems. Okay. All right. So the bad news perhaps is that um, you're right. I was trained in lots of different traditional and non-traditional therapies. So like psychodynamic, psychotherapy, object relations, you know, books that when you read them, they would make your eyes cross because they were written so thickly and they really didn't make Anyway, they were very hard to get into, very, very hard, and, but very tradi so traditional psychotherapy background from Smith College School for Social Work. And then that wasn't enough, so then I studied family therapy, strategic therapy, emotional release, body work, all kinds of stuff. I let them go. I let every credential go, including being a social worker, when I found eidetics, because for me, this is it for me. I know that's not true for everybody. I'm just telling you for me as a client, my, when I'm a client, and for me with my clients, I've never seen this level of shift in myself and in them. So that's my, my take. It, it's not going to be everybody's. Then in terms of common situations, so a lot of my things... I, it's probably best through stories, but things like confidence, quality, these are the things that people say have come to them. Confidence, quality of commitment to what they want. Not doing things the way they used to do. Um, they don't, not thinking the same way. Not waiting till the last minute. Mm, their heart actually feeling bigger. Their face, a lot of my clients get age reversal on their face because the you, it, real change will show everywhere on your body. 
It'll show in your eyes. It'll show in your face. It'll show in the energy that's coming off of you. It'll show in the way you hold your body. Real change has to affect every aspect because we aren't divided, right? So people telling them that the younger, looking in the mirror and feeling fresher, having more willingness to say yes instead of that automatic no. Or maybe the automatic no comes, but then there's space enough for the yes to emerge. Mm, positive anticipation instead of negative anticipation. And again, the whole, there's so much pressure that people give to themselves right now to make themselves more spiritual or positive or happy. And then they don't really feel it. It's more of like, I, I wish I did, or I'd be better off if I did. And then there's the mind is struggling because the, they want something, but, and they're telling themselves to feel this way, but they don't. It's like, I don't know if you like Bonnie Raitt or not, but one of the songs, she's a, a singer and musician, and she says um, in one of her songs, you, ca you can't make the heart feel something it won't. And I'd heard that song for decades. And when I really listened to that word, I thought, wow, you know, you, it's so true. You can't make your heart love. It, you know, you hear of people where one person loves a person and the other person doesn't love them back. And no matter how lovely or kind or warm or loving the first person is, either the second person's heart gonna, is going to feel it or it doesn't, but you can't make it. Well, I think that's really a truth. Other things that happen is that people say that it's like they took an anti-nervous pill. I'm actually reading some of the things that people have told me, that they easily handle situations that used to be feel impossible or completely out of their range, or they easily switch gears, which is a really big one because we tend to go down the same path. So those are just a few. Does that answer your question or am I... Um, are you wanting something different? Well, kind kind of. Um, kind I was kind of I was kind of saying like you know if someone's listening to this and um, you know like we have common things like one of the common things is self worth. One of them is like increased confidence. Um, and being you know, having like a therapy background and doing different forms of work. Um, you know, if, if we're making it more broad and someone's listening and they want to have like a, like a principle and a perspective, like how do they deal with like, oh, well, you know what? Um, self-confidence was a, an issue. Here are some perspectives that helped or, um, people have, a you know, this problem in relationships. That's kind of what I was yeah. like thinking of like how, you know, basically of everything that you ever learned, like what tools, tips, principles, perspectives, stories do you have that somebody can apply right now listening to this? to improve the quality of your life because, you know, I agree with everything that you're saying. These are common problems in the spiritual world. We have, you know, um, spiritual egos mm -hmm. and we have this like, oh, I'm going to do the chakra thing, then I'm going to feel better, um, things like that. And I think it goes down to the roots of the problem of like self-worth, understanding. Um, and, and ultimately, one of the big issues you're talking about, you know, one of your clients is you know, and from my perspective, and this is just my view that you're only going to get to a certain level of consciousness if you're thinking about what you can get. Um, so you can't, you can't have, you have all this monkey mind going on, but people aren't aligned in their hearts. They yes. not follow, they don't know what their values are. Um, so that's one of the tips that I would give, know what your values are. 
um, then what do you want to do? If you had a million dollars every single day for the rest of your life, what would you do? What are you passionate about? Um, what would you do if you only had six months to live? Um, getting aligned with those things and actually living them. And from my perspective, when you do those things, everything else starts to change a little bit. It's like, the Zen perspective of before enlightenment chop wood, carry water after enlightenment chop wood, carry water. So before you know what excites you about life and where you want to move, you know, you're doing something and then you know, you know where you want to go, but you're still going to have the same problems. And then that's really where I think that, you know, all that stuff's going to start coming up. The self self worth, the child trauma, the I'm not good enough story. Um, you know, I just talked to Tim Shields and he just wrote a, an incredible book and is an incredible human and has finished the book. And he's still like kind of like processing a bit of that now, but still walking the path, but in a much more fulfilled way. So I think it's more like general o overarching, just like mm -hmm. philosophy on, on just self-improvement because, um, a lot of people out there are hurting in many different ways. Yeah. I think anxiety, depression, um, yes. not being good enough, body shaming, all that stuff. So I yeah. think it's just generally like your thoughts on that field and, and how people okay. can find improvement. Yeah. 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 Thank you for, for helping me understand more. I, uh, you said a lot of the categories that people feel. I think you covered it really well. I think the number one thing that I would say which is really hard to take in, is that not to believe your thoughts. That if that a lot of your thoughts are going to take you down, well, let me put it a, a slightly different way, that you are not only what you think you are. And your thoughts are determined for the most part, especially the really deep ones, by your history. And that includes family, society, school, and religion, culture. We're really shaped by that. And so our thoughts, which are re repetitive, are take us down a certain way. And there is so much more to us than that. I, I'm smart. You're obviously smart, Matt. I've gotten very far with my brain. A lot, but I imagine, having listened to several of your podcasts, I imagine a lot of your listeners are really smart. And for myself, I realized at a certain point that, I, that my intelligence had taken me really far, but where I wanted to go next was not going to be just for my intelligence. So that's why I'm saying this. I didn't believe there was more to me than that. At that point now I know that there is so from my point of view a lot of give it, it you from my point of view the and where I am not not that everybody should be there or or follow this just I'm just saying for myself I I want to address the deeper places I want to go beyond what people the see what beyond what a lot of people call the, like the common wisdom these days and and really look at and this is what i'm suggesting an answer to your question like really look at the truth of what a person's experiencing so for example if you're hiring a business coach and you're not doing what they and you and you like them and you um, 
you respect them and you feel like they're listening to you and you're not doing everything or pretty much everything that they're suggesting and you think those are good ideas but you're not doing them like really take a look at that because that is what most people do even if they're paying a lot of money just for example or if you have a, a spiritual practice and there's a huge gap or even a pretty big gap between what you know is true in your practice and what's true in your life be real notice it and then from that place other things can happen the way for me the way i have helped myself and other people i still do my own personal eidetics all the time i use eidetics you your listeners may be interested in that or they may have their own ways of going but be real like let go of the talk and connect as deeply as you can any given moment and know that what you think is true isn't necessarily true at all i'll give you an example having a facebook live uh or now youtube live uh podcast with you is harder than just a recording that can get edited we're working without a net you and i have never met each other we don't really have we don't have anything to fall back on. We don't know who's listening. I don't know what they're going to experience. So I was definitely anxious about this. I know better than to try to calm my anxiety. That's not how I roll. I don't try to calm my anxiety. What I did was I went into an eidetic image, and it was, that was this morning. It was fascinating. And it took me to a totally different place than calming my anxiety. It actually brought my energy. I won't go into it. It's very, very personal. But it, it brought my energy more to my back and to my femininity, actually, and connected me to myself in a really different way. And it instantly gave me access to a different part of myself. But my conscious mind would, was saying, oh, you're anxious, calm down, find a way to calm down, bring it, center yourself, ground yourself. But that's what my conscious mind thought. My eidetic mind showed me something that was so much more meaningful to me and really helped, the, helped me become less anxious, but in a whole different way. If, well, I think when you shared that last example, what it made me think about is like giving control to a higher mind. And so mm -hmm. I kind of had two thoughts of that. One is like, I like the Greeks and I like what they knew and, and where they were at. But two, I don't, it feels disconnected and it may not be like, oh, here's the thing when in that kind of idea, you could, you could pray, you could ask spirit, please help me with this thing because the, but the main meat and potatoes is your consciousness is probably not going to do it. Yes. Um, you know, now, you know, I'll, with teaching athletes how to get in the zone, I think it's very possible, um, but it's a very different tactic. It's more of like a surrender type of tactic to allow the unconscious, the higher intelligence, something else that's not like, I call like the peanut brain because your consciousness can only hold like something like five to seven bits of information. It's basically consistently looking for threats. And as you look for threats, um, you can't really be processing all of this other stuff. So if you try to linearly like change your mind to get to a different state, uh, it's very hard. You're kind of like 
um, you're in a losing battle kind of say, you know what I mean? It's, it's very hard to like, Oh, just stop feeling anxious. Okay. Let me think my way out of this anxious thought. Let me think my way out of this depression. And, um, we need a little bit of a different idea. Um, yeah, Yeah, because the thinking mind was, is not, that's not its job. It doesn't actually know how to do that. But this part of your mind does and not in ways that, um, that I had, excuse me, had ever imagined. I didn't know these things with my head. Yeah, I I agree with you. I think, you know, what you're saying makes a lot of sense. That's what I was saying too about, you know, not to, that just because you're smart and just because you think it doesn't make it true. And I listened to your, I don't remember his name, but the guy from Google that you interviewed. Oh yeah, Mo Gaudet. He's amazing. Yes. Yes, he was amazing. And he, t- he said something that, you know, I've heard many times, so I'm going to repeat it since your listeners may have heard it from him too, is that just because we remember something, we think we remember it, we're remembering a minuscule part of it, a minuscule part of it. So uh, let me give an example. I'll use my own example. For some reason, I keep doing that today. So my father was, had, uh, was a very big thinker, like one of the things he wanted to do, one of the things he did was bring Habitat for Humanity to Taos, New Mexico. Like pretty much single-handedly, he rounded up all the movers and shakers in Taos and got them to start it. And now I don't know how many homes they built, 50, 100, I mean, a lot of homes. That was his desire. He wanted people, he thought people have a right to have heat, right, in their homes, that kind of thing. And my mother was more of a person who would get things done. My father couldn't get things done. He just had the big ideas. So um, in my, and he would, and he went bankrupt three times. So, and my mother was always trying to corral him in and lasso him in and control him. And it always, from my young girl, young girl's eyes, always seemed like a good idea. Like dad seemed way too out there and he needed someone to kind of like, he was also ADHD, so he needed someone to kind of help him through. But what I saw in my images as in the, in a, many, many years later was that actually mom's constant cri- criticizing dad was also taking away his, not taking away, it was affecting his confidence and his ability to do more. But my memory was that mom was trying to help dad. So what Mo was saying, and I'm sure you've heard it other places, like our memories are not truth. And yet we hang on to them as if they're the the holy grail of what actually happened. It's not true. Much more was happening. We just can't, we can't, we don't take it all in. And we certainly don't save it that way. Well, that's a fascinating wormhole you just opened up in my mind and I think for other people because, well, when I lay it out there, it'll be out there for other people. But, um, you know, yeah, you can't trust your memory. And if you think you can, smarty pants, I want you to go and, um, you know, go out throughout your day and just remember what you did at like 4 p.m. two days ago with very vivid recall. When I was in... um. I did police foundations and law and security when I was in college. And um, one of the things that they would tell you is that people don't remember anything accurately. Like they they could have been wearing an 
orange shirt and they'll remember it as like, you know, black, pure black or white. It just won't even be right. So how do you even like work with that information? And so also in your own mind, you, you know, what is, um, what's the term for it when you have a belief and then you basically just shape your reality around that belief set, right? It's just like, you believe that, I don't know, something, dogs are nice. And so even if a dog bites you, you still think it's nice. <laughs> yes. I don't know the word, but I know it. I'm sure everybody knows what you're talking yeah, about. Yeah. So when you have a belief, what happens is we aren't really designed to like, we're, we more want to pad our belief systems rather than challenge our belief systems. Um, yes. And then also looking at memory, very powerful stuff because, you know, if you're remembering it as like the all truth and, and, and what does that even mean? Um, so we're only really like able to receive consciously such a small bit of the information you know when you do like a navy seal training and i've and i've i've looked up some of these tactics and researched them about like how they're able to perceive they have these these different zones of like awareness and so it's kind of like that james bond thing i can or the, in the spy movies they'll be like hey you go and they'll say who is in this room and they're able to like scan the whole room and have this whole another scale of awareness like that is some stuff. Um, um, I've never gotten to the place where I can do that naturally ever. I've gotten to the place where if I try real hard, I can, I can remember a lot more, but even at the maximum version of my best day, knowing when I get a coffee and at that moment, and if you stop when the coffee is handed to me, what my surroundings were, mm-hmm. it's so minimal. Yeah. And so then, then what? You want to add on to that? I don't even know where it's going, but like if yeah, you're only perceiving such a small, okay, go. Yeah. Yeah. What I want to add on to that. So this is really the insidious part of the mind. So you know that a lot of your listeners, I'm sure have heard that. So we know that the mind, the memory is the eyewitnesses, the memory there. It's so unreliable. And yet what happens when somebody challenges us about something well, this is how it was when I was young, and I know I suffered it in this way. And yeah, but the thing is that um, so and so did this, and then so and so did that, and I know it was traumatic, and now I'm recovering from it. It's like, boom, this is it. This is what happened, and the we don't let go of it. And so I'll say, even like when you and I were working, what happened? with your mind was I was so glad it was happening even with like your dog with Rufus because yes of course Rufus died and yes you loved Rufus and Rufus sounds like he was a great dog for you and the memory like grabbed on so you were having a really nice connection. He was in your lap. I think you, in my image, you were petting him and he was smelled kind of doggy. And then, and then, so the conscious mind went to, and he died. Boom. Disconnect from self. Thought, memory that's true, but only part of the truth. Disconnect from self. So the eidetic mind that we've been exploring today stays with what you see rather than what you're thinking about, which is all history and, and rational, overly conscious mind. Oh, yes. So yes, my mother, I'm thinking of a client, my mother lost a child and she was so depressed when I was born. 
and she couldn't be available to me. And she was so sad and my father couldn't bring her out of it. And so I spent my whole life, um, try, my whole young life trying to make her feel better. And I never could, nobody ever could because, because of what she was suffering from. And so I, I, I'm not enough. I'm not enough. I'm not enough. I'm never enough. I can't go out in the world and do what I'm supposed to do. And then we went to an image. We'd go to an image with her various images where she would experience because her eidetic mind would take her something else in herself. Maybe it had happened sometimes in life. Maybe it hadn't happened at all. Maybe it would have happened if mom didn't have her history, but the, the pathways are there. And because we all come in bigger, right? And then we get smushed. So she's there and she's experiencing a real self. But my mom, but my mom, my mom, was so sad and I wasn't enough back to eidetic consciousness. And that, that's the work. So when you ask me, Matt, when you ask me a little bit, like, what would I tell people to do? I, I kind of feel stymied because for someone at the level of the people that I work with, it's time to go into that place of the self. That's what they want. The, the, there are so many good ideas about what to do. And when those aren't enough, that's when I work. That's when my clients come to me. And that's so delicious. It's such a great place to go. Hmm. Well, I'm all about going deep and I really like that. And I think that everybody should explore their own self. Um, pretty much every spiritual master on the planet ever has said, look within. Um, and we're in a society and we're in a world where that's, that's not the common thing. Um, and so what I'm curious about in this process is, um, you know, if, if a listener is out there, you know, how do they use the process? I'm also curious if you can give any history on like, you know, like why it comes from, well, you did a little bit about the Greek thing, but I also know there's some references to Sufi. So, you know, like basically just if you're on listening, like how can you apply this stuff and how does it, how does it work? Like if they want to just give like a sample, um, or like explore a little bit, give it a try. Okay. I'll tell, I'll tell you, I'll, I'll address both of those. So first, in thinking about how to help people to stop interfering with themselves, with their conscious mind, with their cognitive understanding of the world, which is so narrow, I explored it a lot and I wrote a spiritual manifesto, which is using eidetics, understanding from the eidetic point of view, how to boost your spiritual practice so it, it filters into your life more. So that is available for people. It's at www.myspiritualmanifesto.com. Now, what, what, they'll, what you'll get to see in the spiritual manifesto is a deep, you'll get to understand more deeply how you're stopping yourself with your mind more of what we were talking about today, how that's affecting this kind of spillover of your practice into your life, how it limits the spillover and the contact with the higher self and the higher consciousness. There's also stories in there about how, like there's one woman who's pushing herself in her business, just pushing and pushing and pushing. And she hates what she's doing. It's not working. She's not being successful and she's being exactly 
like her mother in terms of the pushing and she can't stop herself. So I talk about that and how that relates to the spiritual contact with self. And there's a way inside the manifesto to have what you just asked about, a, a more personal experience of what's going on inside you, the person reading, and how the deeper consciousness is both stop, how you're stopping yourself, probably very unconscious, in many cases, very unconsciously, and then how to get through it. There's a place where you can have a deeper experience uh, virtually, actually, and way to contact me. So all of that's in myspiritualmanifesto.com. And, and then also there will be updates because what I'm doing is I'm taking spiritual teachers that mean a lot to me, like, for example, Ram Das or Muji and I'm in Pema Chodron and I'm taking their writings and I'm exploring the, con the connection between their writings and eidetics and I'm kind of bringing it home into a practical connection between the two. So that'll be future installments. Then in terms of Sufi, the connection with eidetics and Sufi has to do with the fact that Dr. Akhtar Asan's father was a Sufi master. Dr. Asan's the father of eidetics, and he's my mentor, and his father in India was a Sufi master. And one of the beautiful stories actually about Dr. Asan is his grandfather saw way back when, right, way back when, that the schools in India were shaping little Akhtar in ways that were limiting him. So his grandfather took him out of school and they lived in a forest for a little while where little Akhtar ran free and I mean, with his grandfather there. But, you know, he had the freedom to, to be with nature, to be himself, to explore, to be on his own. And to feel all of that and have all of that instead of the restrictions that school involved. So that really shaped him in terms of his mind being so much more open than so many people's. In the same way, I might be wrong about this detail, but I'm pretty sure um, that Buckminster Fuller, who invented the geodesic dome and who invented an electric car back in the early 1900s, he was a phenomenal teacher. Pretty sure he didn't talk way beyond the time that he should have been talking. He was just silent. I'm pretty sure that was him. But there are a number of very um, it, huge thinkers that had something different happen, like they didn't talk for a while or they couldn't. Um, read the board in school or like like Dr. Asin, he had a chance to be himself. That really, that early openness really uh, shifted his ability to take in something different than common sense understandings, which if you look around the world, haven't done us a whole lot of good up till now in, in many ways. Yeah, definitely. Well, education's a whole, uh, you know, worm in itself. And I definitely yes. have uh, appreciation for the people who are teaching. And there's a lot of be beautiful people in that yeah. industry. However, studying it from a purely psychological point of view, and from my own personal research, it ha is due for a massive upgrade. Yeah. And the way that our consciousness is developed, you know, zero to three, we're like, we can't even 
have a critical factor. I think it's a five actually. You, you're not, everything goes in. You can't stop whatever it is. You can't filter it. You can't change. It's just all going in. And then, so these are the times to empower people with the belief of just like self-worth, understanding, exploration, how to learn. And so the problem is when you become an adult, you're just like, I'm stuck in the mind. And that's what a school is a lot about is remembering facts for that moment in time, which is not real intelligence. There's like, yeah, it's memory. That's great. But there's like emotional intelligence. There's imagination. There's a uh, connection with the body. There's, you know what I mean? There's just like, there's a, there's a whole world. Yes. Um, and, and a lot of these masters, obviously got had a little bit of a different operating opportunity to think you have to be able to think outside the box you need to know how to do you know both sides right and left you need to have math engineering science good quality math engineering and science Um, and you also need the other side the arts the artistic the imagination the meditation the body and things like that and the ability to imagine something else because that's all we're doing here is imagining something else creating something else and exploring and i think that the sad thing is that a lot of people don't think that they can create because they're stuck in the mental loop. They're stuck in those limitations. They're stuck in the anxiety, depression, the memory of being a kid or whatever, and they can't get out of it. And they can't, they can't see what they're capable of. They can't even imagine it because they're, they're basically in this, um, it's like fear and survival. And so each and every day you got to go get food because you're always, there's always a threat you don't have enough money in the bank. So there's this threat of not being able to buy food or pay your bills. So in threat mode, you are not in imagination. I can create anything mode. I am a divine creator and I can do whatever I want. And I'm magical as I am. It's a crazy thought, you know, but that's the truth. You are, you were totally fine. Um, so yeah, that's what that made me think about. When you're, when you're, I notice it myself. I totally agree with you. When you're less stressed, if you can, can, when you get connected to the part of you that's less stressed, that's cooler, the ideas just flow. They just come in. Like, even if you're not thinking about a specific thing that you want to resolve or solve or handle differently, just, wow, that was a great idea. You know, be, but because the overheated mind, which is where most of us are these days, just like, constant running and constant input and constant stress that literally heats up the mind. And when the mind, there's some things that we work with that, with that. And when it is, is one way of working with it, but the mind, once the mind is cooler, then it settles in and what it really can do starts to come up just like what you're saying. Yeah. That, and that's step one. You know, that's the step one is, is stopping the cooling system. It's like you try to use your computer and you open up every single program that's in, in everything and just like, okay, imagine everything, you know, and it's like overheating, but you can't think because the thing is a threat is immediate. Yeah. And if you can't get out of this threat and fear, it's consistently, that's what's up. That's what's basically if any single thing that can come into your consciousness. You know, if I say like a purple rhinoceros unicorn, you have to think about what the heck that is. And I just plopped it in just by listening to the sound. So mm-hmm. as you're going about your day, anything could pop in there. But what happens is you, people believe that, they have no control over this this fear loop, this anxiety, this depression, this limitation, this um, yeah. you know uncertainty. All this it just keeps popping into the consciousness when it could be anything. It could be the unicorn. It could be I am safe. It could be um, I don't know the Bee Gees. 
it doesn't matter what it is, but the way that we're operating through threat and fear all the time, that's the thing. And, and that space is very small. It, you know, you take basically the entire ocean and you filter it through like the head of a needle. You know yeah. what I mean? And the, I it's, it's the tiniest thing. And so that's where our consciousness and our free will and who we are um, really comes into play because you do have a right with what you put in there. And it starts with the awareness of what's in there. Just start paying attention to what is being dropped in. And if you just start looking at it, like, oh, why does why do I keep dropping in? Like, I'm not good enough. Why do I keep dropping in? Like, I don't have enough money. Okay, great. Like, what would happen if you know, I didn't have enough money? What would happen? And you start exploring these ideas and you make the pin that little bit bigger. And then you start to um, look at the root of the problem, you know, and as you start to, you're basically going in and diving deep. And then when you start to do that, you realize it's not as terrifying as you think. Um, that you are taken care of and there's it's just as much it, there's more truth in the in the fact that you are taken care of that you're eternal that you're infinite that you can do anything then you are worthless you suck um, you can't do anything stay in anxiety and fear that's like that's the mind because that that little tiny tiny pin drop has no idea the ocean it's part of the ocean it is the ocean and so it doesn't have the capability to understand that and that's where kind of like that zen surrender type of stuff is like you 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 can't know it. There's no, it's like a two year old kid trying to solve a Rubik's cube with mm -hmm. like a hundred million sides. It's not happening. Mm -hmm. Well, it could happen somehow, but you know, not, <laughs> not likely. Yeah. The, if, if a person can truly take in those ideas and actually experience them, then they're on a whole different path. The, I think the difficulty comes in when they know there's truth in what you and there is there's I totally agree with you knowing there's truth and yet not being able to knowing how to truly stop the mind because the fear is so strong let's say a financial fear right so someone has I was working with someone the other day one of my mastermind clients and She's doing really well, and yet it's not coming in as fast as she, as she needs it. And she was spinning. She was really anxious and um, pumped up. And we, she wanted that to decrease, and she wanted her to be able to attend to the things she needed to attend to. But she was so scared about the money that she couldn't drop in. She knew she needed to. But she couldn't. And when the fear is so strong, when we have a good idea and we know it's a good idea, like relax, Wendy, before the Facebook live podcast, sure, that's a great idea. But like, yeah, get, like leave me alone because I can't do it. The, when, when, she, when she was able to, we actually worked with the way she was identifying being practicing being like her mother in a certain situation with her father where her mother her mother's strength wasn't able to come through she kept um, deferring in these ways that were really dangerous for the family to the father's bad practices let's just leave it at that the father was doing these things that were very harmful for the family and the mother wasn't standing up and so my client having seen that 
was also not standing up in lots of ways to her staff, to um, the way things were coming in, to the organization. There were a lot of things that she, to her life, really, to, to what was, how her life was getting shaped. And so we actually worked imagistically and identically with the way she was being like her mother to her horror. And that allowed her, the really interesting part of that was that allowed her to experience herself calmer, to actually experience a lot more strength coming from herself. And in that strength, when she began to feel it, much like you felt happiness today, Matt, as she began to feel that, then she started to sense a different way of operating as being possible in her. Whereas before, she was so immersed in it that she couldn't talk herself out of it. And I'm really talking about the parts of ourselves that we know better, but we can't take ourselves there. No matter how much we, quote unquote, know, that's the level that is really actually fascinating and possible to change. So can you give an example of that? Like, let's just say I'm about to do a double backflip on my snowboard and I'm in the, I'm in the Olympics and I'm about to perform and I'm stressed out or um, I'm in anxiety and I can't get out of it or um, I've, I've got this big board meeting or I'm stressed out from work or whatever. How do you use that process to snap yourself out of it in a different way other than straight up um, consciousness or some other yeah. other thing? So, okay, well... I mean, I could do it. I don't know if you want to do it right now. We've gone kind of long time. Well, not, I'm, I'm, I'm more interested in how somebody would empower themselves to do it. So if I'm teaching this to an athlete, mm -hmm. for me, if you can't do it on your own, mm -hmm. then there's a limitation in the process. So how do I empower myself at any time? So I can get myself out of those states mm -hmm. through different processes. Mm -hmm. um, it takes a minute, but I can do it. Mm -hmm. And so if I'm teaching an athlete that is a, you know, hey, you're about to do the Olympics or you're going to try a trick. One of my athletes, um, they, they fell on a front flip and so on a motorcycle. So if he is unable to get into a powerful state of mind before trying a, a trick that can literally kill him, he shouldn't do it. Right. So how do we shift? How can you shift if, if it is possible, if you can use that tech, maybe, maybe you can't, maybe it's like a, uh, one-on-one -on -one thing and you, you kind of like do it in a safe space and you, you, you know what I mean? Like, Oh, today I couldn't get out of this space. So now I'll come and then I'll look at that when it's a safe space, just like you don't meditate in the middle of a street. There's certain spaces for certain activities. You know, I don't, I don't, I don't drop yeah. in and do that. And so maybe, maybe it's more of a process. I was just curious yeah. if there is a way where I'm like, Matt, I'm about to go speak or do this thing and I can't snap myself out of it so I can pop myself and, and use this process in right there, no matter what the catalyst yeah. is. It's like, you know, you don't want it. You're not thinking yourself out of it. So right. maybe you can. So that's what I'm curious if somebody can do it on in their own way. If they know how to work with the images, then they could, because there are many things that they could work with. But to just give like, uh, here's what you could do identically, I couldn't do that right here, right now, because it's too complicated. It depends on the person. It depends on their images. It depends what their mind is doing. It depends who they're identifying with. It depends on so many different aspects that because the work is 
very, very, very unique to each person and what stops them. So I, I you know, I, I, I'd love to give you a, a, you know, an answer that would work for everyone. I don't have that. So when you begin to understand, let's say you understand that like yourself, you understand the process more. Once you have an understanding of the framework of, of like how it works and, and the processes and the things come up, then you can indeed empower yourself to do that process kind of like you did before the show or, or do you always need like a, like a helper or, or you just need a basic understanding of the process first? You need a pretty deep understanding of the process because like you said over and over today, we're working with our mind, which is very complicated and very obstructing. And each person's mind stops us. Each per- We all stop ourselves in different ways. There's a number of ways that we do, but it's all our own particular way. And so you, you're blind what I call insistently blind to some of the deeper places, some of the places that are so ingrained that we don't even see them. And so it's like, you know, Tiger Woods or, you know, any, the, the places that are the most insidious, we won't see. And to answer the other part of your question, my clients, they work with their images all the time on their own, hmm. all the time. And that's what takes them far. So the question always is, like I said, for you can do this work a little, well, I didn't say this, but you can do this work for a little bit in a very focused way and get what you want and stop. Or you can be into continuous expansion and see what door opens next. And that's up to the person. So yes, of course, once you understand how to work with an image, of course you can. Um, and how, and that as long as you are open to seeing where you stop yourself. And that takes a lot of courage and honesty, a lot of self-honesty. Yeah. So I, let me just say to the, the back to the, what, as I said, many people today who saw their image while you were doing yours saw a really negative situation. And I know the first time that I saw images and for a long time afterwards, all my images of my parents were negative. And I started seeing how much was going on inside me that I didn't know was going on. And that required a degree of self-honesty that really helped me because it was true. I was operating in the ways that I was seeing in the image, not in history, but right now. You know, that's what, and it was showing me that. So again, it, again, the work isn't for everyone. Those are what my clients want. Yeah. No, and I, and I can see that too, for sure about the, um, just that's where guides are helpful in a lot of different things because we don't want to look at those doors and we don't want to pry them open. Um, I had an experience, you know, helping, uh, a friend and client of mine on that and like I was like you got to look at this <laughs> and then finally they were able to look at it through something different but they did and it was a you know yeah. it's just something that needed to be processed so sometimes we just need help um, yeah. in doing that and yeah the only reason why I ask is because I like to I, I'm an explorer of techniques and try them and so if I have the capability and capacity to test it I will test it and then I will know um, 
you know, what the, what the result is. Um, but I want to thank you so much for coming on and, and sharing your work and, and, um, doing what you're doing. Like I can't imagine how many people you've helped with like a, a full on hundred percent capacity wait list. And then to continue to explore like new techniques, things that are producing the results. And then the people will tell you, you know, if they're getting the results and they're getting help, that's kind of how, you know, and you also know by testing yourself. So, um, sure. I think that's, um, interesting and exciting. Um, before we go, yeah, I want to ask you, is there anything that you wish that I had asked that would be a great question or anything that you want to leave the listeners with and you can feel free to elaborate as long as you wish? You know, I don't feel like we've left anything essential on the table. I feel like I, I, you were challenging and um, also <laughs> you were. And Sorry. That's great. No, no, great. Great. You know, because... The, the mind will challenge. It will. And so it was real, which is what I wanted. And I, I guess I, what I want to say is I really hope that those who listened and connected with what you were doing, like take a, take a look for themselves at their own image, consider getting the My Spiritual Manifesto and really take in there's so many more places we can go. And that is so much more to us than what we think there is, even now. And then in an hour from now, in an hour from now, or next year, there's more. And don't, my, my big thing is go beyond the lip, the lip service. Like be real, be, be honest with yourself. I could not agree more. And that is really hard. So if you're trying to do, even just try to do it, even just be 5% more real than, than you were yesterday. Um, yeah, that's the True. incredible advice. And it is super, super hard. So you can do it. You're amazing. Um, thank you so much for coming on. I appreciate that. And just really beautiful thoughts. I'm going to check out your spiritual manifesto. I, I didn't get it downloaded. I didn't have time to look at it. So um, I'll go through that um, and just just stay in touch. Thank you. Thank you for coming. Thanks, Matt. Thanks so much. Yeah. Thanks, everybody, for listening. See you in the next one. <laughs> All right, guys. That wraps up that episode with Wendy Yellen. I hope that you enjoyed it. I hope that you enjoyed the experience of going through. It's another technique. There are many techniques to get into the unconscious mind, but really it is that conscious reflection on, um, okay, you know, what, what are these unconscious things that are affecting us, you know, and, and Greg, Greg Baden says we have three universal fears and one of them is self-worth. So we could, you know, if you're not 100% feeling 100% worthy and, uh, and, and um, full of self-love, you know, you can work on that. Just, just do the best to be as kind and compassionate to yourself, kind and compassionate to others, um, and just have a minute to look at those unconscious programs. Um, if you guys enjoyed this episode, please share it with your friends, leaving a review on iTunes, supporting on Patreon are all magical, but the best thing that you can do is just one act of kindness today. Just take this idea, um, do an act of kindness for someone else is the best thing you could do. The kindness challenge, three kind acts a day for a week is even better. And just let me know on social media that you're taking the challenge. Um, and I'd be so grateful for all of you to take that challenge um, and just be, you know, the change you want to see in the world. That's how small it is that's how we change the world within our day-to-day moment-to-moment interactions that it's that simple um there's nothing more magical than that so that's the important piece um so i hope that you're having an amazing day um i don't even know what else to talk about um if you want some coaching you can go to mattbelair.com forward slash coaching 
and sign up for the email list, all that fun stuff. I will be traveling with David Lombert Senate Pass to the Parliament of World Religions. Um, we could use your support in um, getting him the materials he needs to do some of this incredible science. Um, we've had a very small amount of funding and we got resources with it. So hopefully we'll be able to do a proper crowdfunding campaign soon um, to raise some funds. Um, but any contributions for travel and for support for David would be greatly appreciated. Um, and you can hit me up at Matt at zenathlete.com and I can and I can do um, what I can to link and connect. So your support is uh, is needed and appreciated. So tons of love to you. I hope that you have an incredible day. Thank you for listening. I appreciate you. And before we close it out, let's just t- come to a state of peace and coherence. So taking a deep breath in through your nose, holding that breath and just letting it out slowly with all the cares, all the worries and all the self-criticisms. Taking in another deep breath in through the nose holding that breath and just thinking about one thing that you're really grateful for letting that gratitude wash over every cell and every muscle and every fiber of your being and just let that breath out slowly with all the self-criticisms and self-doubts and limitations taking one more deep breath in through your nose and just magnifying this feeling of gratitude and recognizing that you can and do influence your reality to a great degree that you are whole worthy harmonious incredible just as you are that you have every right to be here on this planet that you are magical that you are empowered and connected to spirit and that you are worthy just as you are and just let that breath out slowly with any limitation any old internal dialogue that doesn't serve and just remember the truth of your divine nature and divine being So there you go. Have an incredible day. Go out there feeling kind, loving, compassionate towards others, uh, knowing that you are connected and you're incredible just as you are. And I will see you in the next episode. See ya.